Alhamdulillahi wa kafa Wassalamu ala ibadihi alladhina astafa Amma ba'd Fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Walladhina jahadu fina Lanahdiyannahum subulana Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun Wassalamu ala al-mursaleen Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم one of the uh, beautiful aspects of our deen is that it provides us with a organization of the responsibilities that lie upon our shoulders. And this is very important because when we're out there in the world, uh, we often see many, many, many competing responsibilities and it becomes confusing as to where our energies and focus should be. But the deen, subhanAllah, gives us a very clear picture on where our priorities lie and how we can focus our efforts. Now, that doesn't mean that um, one size will fit all and that every circumstance can be um, explained by uh, some of the guidelines that I'm going to lay out today. But it gives us some general principles that we can think about and when necessary, we can make adjustments to those. But I think it's important to always be aware of the general principles. Let me start by saying that this topic comes up a lot. Uh, we, just, uh, we just had a retreat uh, over the weekend, uh, ended this morning. And you know there were 100 plus brothers here from different parts of the country, all with different backgrounds, all with different concerns. And uh, this topic came up multiple times, uh, both in my conversations with individuals and then eventually it came up uh, with the entire group. So I'm going to repeat some of the uh, principles that I shared with them. Uh, but it's something that comes up a lot. And many people are, of course, and we're human beings, we're juggling with so many competing interests and it's nice to have some sort of at least paradigm or scaffold upon which we can understand the responsibilities that we have. Generally, the way that I approach this is that I remind students, uh, whoever I'm interacting with, students or just people who I may be interacting with casually, I remind them that there are essentially four circles of, um, you can say, responsibility or opportunity that an individual has. And that we should organize our efforts around those four circles as a global general principle. And then again, certain circumstances may arise in life that are going to alter those priorities, but at least we should have a general picture in our minds. And again, this is also important because it helps us to focus our, or, or at least understand the responsibilities that are upon us. So sphere number one, or domain number one, is that every one of us has a responsibility for ourselves. I know it sounds obvious, but it's important to state. I have to make sure that I am the best Muslim possible. And I have to remember that on the day of judgment, I will stand before my Lord alone. 
That's essential. And this is sphere of responsibility number one. Honestly, if everyone in the ummah were to understand this responsibility and take care of this responsibility, many of our difficulties would be alleviated and the ummah would become, uh, would be in much better shape than it is today. So each of us has to remember this, that there, the, the first and most important effort is upon myself. I have to ensure that I'm praying five times a day. I have to ensure that I've paid my zakah. I have to ensure that I fast the month of Ramadan. I have to ensure that if Hajj is mandatory upon me, that I perform it. And beyond that, I have to ensure that I do everything in my power to strengthen my deen. So this is the first question that each of us need to ask when we look at ourselves in the mirror. Who am I? Have I become the person that I'm supposed to be? And how can I improve myself? Now, at times in life, you'll be able to spend lots of energy improving yourself. For example, um, you may be a college student who's single, who doesn't have any other responsibilities, minimal other responsibilities, and that gives you lots and lots of time to focus on yourself. And this is one of the very, very special opportunities that arises when a student is, for example, in college. Those priorities often change very quickly because as you get older, life gets more complicated, but it's a very, very unique opportunity in life, for example. So at that time in life, you can do lots of self-reflection, lots of self-growth. You can apply yourself and expand your horizons in your own personal deen. It's a unique opportunity. It doesn't always exist, but it's just one example. But anyway, the point to be taken here is that every one of us needs to remember that our first and foremost primary responsibility in the deen is for ourselves. We will be asked about, um, many, we'll be asked about some basic things on the Day of Judgment, and we have to be ready to answer those questions, in particular our prayers, in particular the way which we, in which we behave, etc. And every one of us needs to work towards strengthening ourselves. That's non-negotiable responsibility number one. Non-negotiable responsibility number two is our families. When we make a decision in life uh, to produce and create and become families, then this also places a responsibility on us to ensure that our families are successful in their deen. And it also means that each of us has to make an effort on our families. The pro- uh, sorry, the Qur'an mentions... Ya amanu, o you who believe, ku anfusakum. Save yourselves, wa ahlikum, and your families, nara, from the fire. So here we're being reminded that after focusing on ourselves, we have a responsibility to focus on our families. You don't have a family and then spend all your time focused on all these things for yourself. That's not concordant with having a family. Family entails responsibility. And every person who has a family, once you get married, there's no me it's anymore, there's we. It doesn't, it's not me, it's not I got married and then I run off and do all the things I want to do and this is just a convenient relationship for me. No, it becomes we. 
It means that uh, a husband and wife, and eventually the children, as a unit, have a responsibility to maintain the family's deen. Right? When I say that I have a responsibility to myself, it means I have a responsibility to my deen. That's what I mean by that. And the second responsibility, the, the second sphere of responsibility, is going to fall in our families and the deen of our families. So we have a responsibility the moment we're married or the moment that we have children to now ensure that we give them the proper time and effort and focus to maintain happiness, peace, uh, tranquility within the home, and the deen as a whole needs to thrive within the home. And here's where the first mistake occurs. First of all, the first mistake is a lot of people don't focus on themselves. They want to focus on everybody else. If, if they focus on anything, but they want to focus on everybody else. So that's problem number one. Problem number two is that even if they, once they get married, they fail to see that this is the place where I need to put my time and effort. And instead, they want to focus now on themselves and ignore the rest of the, rest of the family and imagine that it doesn't even exist. Like, they'll figure it out. I'm just going to go advance myself. Whether that's the husband or the wife, doesn't matter. So the first responsibility that all of us bear is the responsibility of ourselves in the context of our deen. And the re second responsibility that all of us bear is the responsibility of our families in the context of their deen. And by the way, when we say families, we mean immediate families, spouse, children, parents, and we also mean the extended family. Now, if a person can handle... These two things are non-negotiable. These two things are non-negotiable. And by, but when I say extended family, we have to also recognize that this means that I have to maintain the connections between the family, all the family members, and I have to create certain opportunities that allow me to be able to introduce deen within the family in the most subtle and loving way. Not that I'm down everybody's throat and telling everybody what they should do, and then when they don't do it, I'm telling, them, telling everybody how bad they are. No, I have to recognize where each person is in their journey in life, and I have to engage with them in that way, and I have to create opportunities to ensure the growth of that entire unit. That is essential. That is essential because in any gathering, in any gathering, for every one person in the masjid, there's at least 100 out there who don't come to the masjid, who don't frequent the masjid. So if you're taking a message in the masjid, then part of the responsibility that you bear is to internalize that message and then effectuate that message within your families. For example, I, as the person with the mic today, different days, different people have the mic. I happen to have the mic for the next hour. I, I don't have the ability to reach your cousin. Or maybe your cousin, I don't know, maybe your uncle, maybe your aunt, whoever it might be. But you do. Each of you do. So this isn't some... Uh, uh, you know, show where you come and sit in the masjid, the imam gives the jama'ah, you benefit from it, and then you leave and you say, mashallah. No, you carry a responsibility. You carry a responsibility to take that message and to then reverberate that message past yourselves. And every one of us bears that um, responsibility on our shoulders. We're not spectators in some zoo. 
where the imam comes and gives some beautiful talk uh, for the Jum'ah prayer or for some, uh, there's some dars or teaches us some hadith or whatever it might be. And then, you know, we just take that and we're entertained. It's some Netflix show and we leave and then we don't have any responsibility towards our families. No, we have a responsibility to internalize that message. We have a responsibility to practice that message. We have a responsibility to emulate that message so that it's delivered to the people that we live with. And we have a responsibility to gather the people in our families and create opportunities for that message to be reverberated through ourselves because we can deliver something that nobody in the masjid could have delivered. I can tell you, I have access to certain people in my family that nobody else in the world may have access to in this way, in this way. Not because I'm giving some talk here with the mic, but just because they're my relatives and I have access to them and I happen to be one of the elder people in the family, so I have access to them and, and I have certain respect that maybe another person wouldn't have. So each of us has, when we, when we take a message, okay, when we, get, when we join a gathering, we come to a, a lesson, we sit with a scholar, we, we benefit from a tafsir, for example, we internalize that message. We're not, we're not there for a show. We're internalizing that message. We're asking the hard, hard question of where did I fail in the context of that message? Where can I become better? We're then taking that message and exemplifying it for the people that we live with, and then we're planning and understanding how we can leverage the relationships, the capital that's generated from the relationships, how we're going to spend that capital in order to ensure that we can bring different people that we have connections with up even one tiny degree. It doesn't work that we're, we're just totally focused on ourselves without a concern for the rest of humanity particularly our families, because that responsibility has been placed upon our shoulders. Now, that comes from a greater concern for all of humanity. But the Qur'an gives us a, um, gives us a, like an easy shot, you know, such that you can, I mean, that concern for family should already exist. So here's an easy, easy way for us to be able to effectuate change in others. So these two domains are non-negotiable for every single person in this room. Number one, myself, and number two, my family. Now, that, as, as those two domains exist, you also have to remember that it means that time has to be invested in, 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 in each domain. Meaning, let me just say that, uh, for example, let's say you have goals for yourself, okay? Uh, you say to yourself, well, you know, I'm trying to develop myself, so I have this daily routine that I want to perform, and I need to do memorize this much Qur'an, and I'm taking th three classes on online, etc., etc. Uh, and then you come to me, and you're frustrated. You say, I can't do this because my family is, you know, always interfering with my schedule. But the point is, your family isn't interfering with your schedule. Your, your family is your responsibility. They're part of your schedule. At that phase in your life where you have a family, you have young children, you can't say to me that like now this is the time that I'm going to sit online and do all these classes and I'm going to do all these other things for myself and it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing in the family, the kids could be on their phones all day. No, we have the responsibility towards the rest of the family. We set up expectations that we have that are realistic for ourselves, but we also appreciate that we need to invest time in the, in the family. People come to me all the time. They say, what am I supposed to do with these kids? They're on their phone all day. What am I going to do? These kids are on their phone all day. So they want me to say, yeah, they're horrible. They want, they're on their phone all day. No, that's not the answer. The answer is, go take them out. 
You want to, you, what, what alternative is there? That's the question. What's the, what's the alternative? Now, well, why are they on the phone? Well, I can't take them out. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in my classes. I'm doing my own things. I'm out doing this. I'm out doing that. Wait a minute. You had a family. You chose to have a family. You're going to be asked about this family on the Day of Judgment. And you want to tell me that you're sitting and memorizing Arabic verbs? Alhamdulillah, memorize Arabic verbs. But are you supposed to be doing that or are you supposed to be taking care of the family? There has to be, you have to recognize the responsibility and create the opportunities for them or nothing's going to change. So, again, I'm not saying that we shouldn't advance ourselves. We should. But there's a time and a place for everything. And one of the greatest mistakes that we make is we, we take these responsibilities and we misappropriate them. And when we misappropriate them, it creates lots of frustration in people because we have these expectations. So this is responsibility number two, is the family. Responsibility number three is your professions. Because you have a responsibility to earn a halal income, and you have a responsibility to feed these families that, um, have a that you've taken responsibility of, and you have a responsibility to ensure that when you transact in the world around you, that you exchange proficiency for fair value. What does that mean, proficiency for, for, for fair value? It means that you're a professor. You have a responsibility when you exchange, when you go into a class and teach, you're getting paid for teaching that class. So you have a responsibility to exchange excellence for your expectation of the excellent salary that you receive. Or at least, let's say, completeness for completeness. You're giving a complete lesson for a complete salary. So that is a responsibility which we will be asked about. We will be asked about how we earned our livelihood and where we spent it. But how we earned our livelihood is one of the questions that we'll be asked about. So it means that every person who makes a decision that they're going to pursue a profession must pursue that profession with proficiency and excellence because it's what makes their income halal and it's what allows them to service the community in which they live both of which are very, very high, highly regarded in our deen. So that's the third domain. So these three domains are very difficult to succeed in. Honestly, if every person in this room were to master these three domains, it would be a very big deal. It would be a very big deal. So again, what is it? Number one, my personal deen to ensure that I pray my prayers five times a day, I gain the knowledge that's necessary for me to be proficient in my deen, I behave in a way that's appropriate and concordant with my deen, I get to the masjid when I can, I uh, have a basic routine uh, of, of things that I do in order to ensure that I can maintain the spiritual and legal dimensions of my deen. Responsibility, circle number one. Circle number two, my family. My spouse, my children, my parents, and the greater family that I have leverage over and have the ability to bring some goodness to. Layer number three, my profession. Whether that's my studies or whether that's my uh, work, I have to excel in that. I don't have to be consumed by that, nor should I be consumed by that, but I have to excel in that. I have to show excellence in that. These three things, if anybody in this room can do them, you've achieved excellence. I mean, it would be a really big deal if we could achieve this. If I could really be someone whose dean is basically is firm, who, who, who deals with their family in a way that's concordant with the sunnah, and who is proficient in the mechanism that they engage with the greater society. 
That's what the deen is, is, is making us responsible for. Now, then I tell people that you have a fourth space, fourth domain. And if you can handle A, B, and C, or in this case, one, two, and three, then you can choose to bring something into the fourth space, the fourth domain, and this fourth domain will be limited, and you're lucky if you get it. What I mean by that is that let's say that there's some phase in your life where you have an extra ability to be able to do something more because everything is going the way it should. You've tucked away A, B, and C, and now you've got a little space for D. I don't know anyone, or I could say there's very, very few people I know in the world who can go beyond that. Right? And very few people, honestly, who even have the ability to do that, that, that number, letter four or, sorry, number four or letter D. But if, if that exists, then I remind people that you're lucky that that exists and you can only put one thing in that space. And honestly, what you should do is every quarter or every month, something like that, at some frequency, you should ask yourself, do I have some room in this fourth space? And if I have room in this fourth space, what am I going to commit myself to? And if I'm going to commit myself to that, then I'm only going to do that and nothing more. Now, that, could, that fourth space is up to you. It could be that you say that, well, I can see that there's a weakness in my ability to be able to engage in, with, uh, with the Quran in depth, so my fourth space is going to be um, some class uh, of Arabic so that I can in increase my understanding of the language. And then you pursue that for whatever period of time. Or you could say, this fourth space is going to be some hobby that I really enjoy. Or this fourth space is going to be uh, some civic responsibility that I want to take upon my shoulders, whatever it might be. That's pretty much it. Like, you can't do two, three, four, ten things in that space because what happens is when we try to do too many things with that space, we travel a million miles, but when we look at the ground, we're in the same place where we began. We're, meaning, we're doing a hundred things, but we're not getting anywhere. So, we have to be particular and recognize where our limitations lie. And it's because we don't have an understanding of the bandwidth that we can capture that we end up all over the place. Like, I'm focused on myself at the expense of my family. Or some people are focused on their, on their families at the expense of themselves. Or some people are focused on their work at the expense of themselves and their families. Some people are off in left field doing 20 things. They ignore themselves, they ignore their families, they even ignore their work, and they're off doing 20 things. But this paradigm has to always be kept in place. Now again, I'm not saying there, I'm not talking about exceptions and extreme circumstances. I'm just trying to lay out just a general paradigm of responsibility. And all of us need to appreciate this is because when we see responsibilities and we have a hierarchy, that hierarchy allows us to be able to remain organized and to think about the responsibilities that we have and to ensure that we succeed to the best of our abilities. So again, very, very simply, number one, my primary responsibility is me. My first responsibility, my first responsibility is me. I have to ensure that I'm maintaining the facets of my deen and that I gain the knowledge necessary to be able to practice it appropriately with, and with excellence. And in each of the pillars, I want to remember that the pillar is the beginning of a much longer journey, of a much greater opportunity. So, yes, I want to pray five prayers a day, but I want those to be in the masjid when possible. 
And I want to involve the sunnas when possible. And I want to stand in the middle of the night when possible. Yes, I want to fast a month of Ramadan, but I also want to bring in fasting on a Monday. I also want to bring in fasting on the 13th, 14th, and 15th. I also want to bring in a fast, fasting on a Thursday. So those are gateways. Yes, I want to pay my zakah, but I also want to bring in supererogatory charity. Yes, I want to ensure that I go for hajj, but I also want to make additional hajj-like journeys where I perform i'tikaf, or I perform umrah, or I attend, for example, a gathering or a retreat or someplace where I can reset myself. These, these are the, this is what I call the me domain, you know, the, the domain that allows me to be able to achieve uh, the, the deen that I need to achieve so that I can stand before my Lord on the day of judgment. Responsibility number two, our families. When we take uh, the advantage, when we take the benefits of, of having a family, it comes with a responsibility. And everything changes. This is one of the hardest things that happens in the beginning of a, of a marriage, right? Why, why is marriage such a difficult transition? There's lots of challenges in marriage. One of the great challenges in marriage is that, wait a minute, my whole life it was just me, right? I didn't have to think about anybody else. I could go off and do whatever I wanted. I could choose to do 10 extra things. I could uh, spend all this time developing myself or wasting my own time, I mean, depending on the circumstance. So we always... When a, but when a person gets married, that changes because now there's like a whole other person in the equation. And then when a person has children, that again changes because now, there, now there's not only uh, another adult in the room, but now we've got this newborn child which is basically absolutely dependent upon, uh, upon its parents. So that becomes the second domain of responsibility once a family exists. And it, as you get older and you gain... Uh, you gain leverage within the family. This doesn't only apply to you and your spouse and then your children, but it also extends to the responsibility that you have towards parents and the responsibility that you have towards uh, the greater extended family as well. And honestly, if someone could just achieve excellence in these two things, it would be amazing. It would be such a big thing if somebody could come to you and say, you know, my dean's intact and the dean of my family is intact. And I make an effort, I, and I have a deep, deep concern in my heart for my family, and I make an effort on them. And each one is slowly developing, and I have a long-term plan. I would be totally blown away if somebody could come and say that they've achieved that. The third responsibility is the responsibility that we have as just human beings who exist in a society to earn a halal income for ourselves and our families. We cannot escape that. That's the nature of the, the way that the, the world works. We have stomachs. We have to fill them. We have bodies. We have to house them. We have to clothe them. We have responsibilities that we have to be able to uh, pay for, this, become, this is unavoidable. So what it means, it means that when I have to do something and it's a need, I have to do it with excellence. I have to excel. I can't shit my responsibilities or just disappear and, and not take them seriously. I have to be involved. So I have to become excellent. I have to become proficient. I have to ensure that my effort that I make at work is concordant with the salary that I expect to receive from work. All of those are important responsibilities, and that becomes like your third domain. And if the whole community would just simply take care of these three things, honestly, there wouldn't be, there would be so much, there wouldn't be that much more to do. Honestly, if every person were to just focus on themselves and then ensure that they could work on their families, then even if a person failed in that, the redundancy would actually, would actually still create a very, very strong foundation 
um, in the, within the community. What I mean by redundancy is, let's say I don't do it, but my, my younger brother does it. Or if my younger brother doesn't do it, my sister does it. Or if my sister doesn't do it, my parents do it. Or if my parents don't do it, my cousin does it. Look at all the layers of redundancy there, right? So all those layers of redundancy, they, they basically back up the family. But what is every community built out of? Every community is built out of individuals. And every individual, the foundation of every, of, 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 of every community is the individuals that make up a family. So if the, if the individuals are strong and the families are strong, then inherently the community is going to be strong. So th these are the three responsibilities that we have. Now, the fourth, like I mentioned, on occasion, there's going to be opportunity for us to be able to pursue something beyond what I just described. And be cognizant of the fact that it's probably going to be not more than one thing. And it's typical to get excited and want to do five things. But we should pick one and excel in it and recurrently ask the question, should I be doing this or should I be doing more? So, for example, maybe I commit myself for the next year to increase, to improve my tajweed of the Qur'an. And so I commit, I say, okay, for the next quarter, this is what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to find a teacher, I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to use this personal little extra time that I have in the day uh, to be able to achieve this goal. And I do that for a month or two or three. And then I ask myself afterwards, then a new quarter has begun. Is this, my, is this where I want to put my extra time for the next quarter? And each quarter a person can reassess or each, person, uh, each, each month a person can reassess. reassess. But that's the, 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 the greater paradigm. And I can tell you that because we don't understand this paradigm, we, we create lots of frustration within ourselves. We, we try to take on too much, and then we neglect the family, and the family falls apart. Or we try to take on too much. We uh, we try to take on too much, and then the expectations are are not present. People get upset. No one's supporting me. I'm not able to do these ten things that I want to do. But the reality is that there wasn't even an opportunity to do these ten things because you've already made a decision. You made a decision to improve yourself. You made a decision to have a family. You made a decision to have a career, which was these things were non-negotiable. You needed them. To, they're part of our life. So. We have to be realistic because lots of people come to me and they say, you know, I'm so frustrated. I'm trying to do this and this and this, but I can't. And the first question I always ask is, okay, are you single or married? And they say married. And I say, okay, do you have kids? And I say, yes, I have kids. Okay, uh, do you have a job? Yes, I have a job. So I say, you got responsibility of your, yourself. You have a responsibility of your family. You have a responsibility of your job and your career. How much space is left? Like, be honest with yourself. If I asked you, if you excel for yourself and you excel in the way in which you deal with your family and you excel in your career, how much, and I'm talking about A, B, yourself, your family vis-a-vis -vis Dean, your career vis-a-vis -vis the responsibility that you have to feed your family and bring in a halal income, which is placed upon you by, by the Dean, then how much more space actually is there? So now you've got these expectations which are never gonna be fulfilled and are always going to lead to clashing to clashes between you and everything around you. Now you're like sitting at work, but you're reading tafsir. Or you're sitting with your family, but your head is someplace else. No, these, it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Now, again, I'm talking to middle-aged people mostly. And you, know, you, have, you have families, you have careers, you have responsibilities. And so you know, this doesn't apply necessarily, like I said, to the person in college. Uh, they have a different... They have, it's easier for them. They've got one sphere, they can mess up 10 things and it's not gonna matter because they don't have any other responsibility aside from themselves. But at this stage, where many of you are as sitting in the audience, 
That's essentially how you want to think about responsibility. And it's, through, it's by understanding what's realistic and by understanding what are, what, what are my list of priorities, that's how a person succeeds. Because if you wake up in the morning and you've got your priorities listed and you appropriate your, the resources that you have to them and you recognize what's, what's residual beyond them is relatively limited, that's what's going to allow us to be able to avoid the frustration and to excel and make sure that those primary responsibilities that we have, that those are taken care of. So anyway, uh, just a reminder to myself and reminder to, to each of you that uh, we should uh, focus on excelling on our dean. We can't ignore our families. We must excel in the responsibilities that have been placed upon our shoulders as far as our work or professions are concerned, or whatever we take on as a, in that particular third, third domain. And we, shouldn't, we should recognize that we're not going to often have opportunities to be able to do something in that fourth category, but when it exists, we pick one thing, we devote ourselves to it, and we excel within it, and it's that balance that allows a person to be able to maintain themselves for this marathon, which is called life. Life is a marathon. You, you need to always watch all of the parts of it because the goal is to be able to get to the end of it, not to race forward for a few days and then to fall flat on our faces, but rather to jog at a pace that allows us to be able to get to our final destination at the end of the straight path. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are able to fulfill the responsibilities that he's placed upon each of us as individuals. May he make us amongst those who are able to fulfill the responsibilities that he's placed upon us as members of families. May he make us amongst those who are able to fulfill the re responsibilities and the trust that's bestowed upon us through our jobs and through our professions. And may he make us amongst those who are given the opportunity to be able to do additional things which will allow us to be able to earn his great pleasure and his great reward in the hereafter. Wa akhru ta'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.